I mean, you got to get excited about something, amen? All right, let's open our Bibles to the book of Exodus. We're on a journey, in case you didn't know that. And on this journey, we've been giving a wilderness report. See if you know this first one. You ready? You can be in the middle. That's pretty good. Could you say it backwards? Just kidding. You can be in the middle of a miracle and not know it. If you'll start saying it, you'll start seeing it. You start living out your life in the power of God, and your life is going to be powerful for God. If you want common Christianity, if you want to just float down the lazy river of the Spirit of God, it ain't going to happen here. We want warriors that are going to be trained to go out and take the kingdom for Jesus Christ. It's different. I ran into somebody this morning at Starbucks, and they said, you know, we really want to be there, at, and we, we heard about it, and I said, hey, wherever your heart, follow your heart. Oh, we're just kind of waiting until you get more things. I thought, oh, you're not ready for this place. <laughs> it's funny, last week, we, you know, we got this container. We were so excited because we got this big metal container out there that we put all our stuff in. And when we first got it, we were so excited because we, we could fill it up halfway. And now, last week, we were over there pushing stuff to try to get it all in, and the uh, Boone comes walking by, the maintenance guy here, and he goes, he's laughing. I go, what's so funny, Boone? He goes, you guys ought to be on hoarders. <laughs> so we can't buy any more big stuff. That was what I said last week, right? And I walk in, and here's this giant tool chest to store all our stuff in on wheels. You can see it when you walk out, and I'm going, where are we going to put that thing? I go, I don't know, we'll figure it out. We'll just ram it in there. We'll just keep more coming. Here's the second thing in the wilderness report. God reveals divine structure on the journey. You know, one of the things I've really been praying as we've gone through this process is people, you know, everybody's wanting a flow chart. Everybody wants a, you know, an org chart. And I've drawn up 20 of them. I really have. I mean, that's easy. I wanted something the Spirit of God would design. And I'm so glad that I've waited because just going up to Vancouver this past week and meeting with uh, uh, this pastor and his wife, and I said, hey, how did you organize this? Tell me what you've thought. And he laid out something that I'd never seen before, and I thought, that's a good first step. It's so different. And I know the Spirit of God is leading. Divine structure in your life will come by revelation, not by reason. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. You want reason? You get what the world gives you. You want revelation? You get it from God. It doesn't mean that what we believe or what we follow is unreasonable or lacks reason. It's just that it's a reason that comes from the divine spirit of God instead of from the mind of man. And there is a difference. Someone asked me one time, why are the books of the Bible arranged the way they are? Why is Malachi, for example, the last book? Read it and you'll find out. It talks about the coming Messiah. It talks about what's going to happen in that last day when the Son of Righteousness comes with healing in his wings. I'll give you a third part of this uh, wilderness report. Legacy is an important dimension on the journey. You have to be thinking about what will my life be worth when I leave? 
What will my life be worth when I look back? What change have I made on planet Earth? You may do well financially. You may do well academically. You may do well socially in every other way. You may look at all those things and say, look at what I've done. And you, not even with a, a sense of wrong pride. You've been a good person, you've saved, you've invested, you've bought, you've done all this stuff, and you've, you've even been a good, kind person. But what spiritual legacy have you left that when you look back on your life, say, that's the difference I made, and, the, and this planet was better because of me, and the kingdom of God was furthered because of me? That's the kind of stuff you have to think about. Today we're looking at the fifth commandment. It goes like this. You've probably heard it. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, honor your father and mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord God is giving you. That is so simple and yet so rich. So rich indeed. As I thought about that, I, I, that commandment, that commandment has, has given rise to more questions than any other of the Ten Commandments in my life. And I realized why. It is because the struggle we have to try to relate to our earthly parents or for our parents to try to relate to us as their children. So I just wrote down some of the questions that I've been asked over the years and I want to try to address them. Here's the first one. Is there a time or an age when I no longer need to honor my father and mother? No. Honor is consistent. But here's the next question, because already people's minds are going, yeah, but you don't understand. You didn't grow up with my dad. You didn't grow up with my mom. Here's the second question that gets asked most. How do I honor a parent who's been abusive? It's a challenging question. How do I honor a parent who's been abusive? You may even have been separated from that parent for years. You look at your life and you go, well, you know, I don't understand how to even talk to my parent, let alone honor my parent. You can honor the position without honoring the person. God, I recognize my mom, my dad as my father, my mother. I recognize that position that you've placed me under. You know their heart as well as I do. They have done wrong. They have done evil. They have been misguided. They have made mistakes along the way. You know that as well as I do. In many ways, I'm the product of that environment I'm in. Many of the tendencies I see in my life, I saw in my parents. What I want to do is I want to honor the position, but I want to make a determination right now that I'm going to stand against the evil that took place in my household, I'm going to break a generational sin, I'm going to be st strong in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm not going to fall prey to the lie of the enemy that would suck me down into that same hole. Is it okay? Is honor the same as obey? Third question. It's not the same. The Bible says that children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. When you come to adulthood, you're no longer to obey your parents, but you consistently honor them from childhood to death, and even beyond death, you can honor them. And I'll show you how you can do that in a minute. But you don't obey a parent. For example, if you're an adult, you don't obey your parents. You honor them, you respect them, 
you'll listen to them, you'll value their judgment, but you'll have to make your own decision. That's why Scripture was very clear when, when God said in the book of Genesis that when you have this encounter called marriage, this relationship, and you become one flesh, you leave your father and your mother. And you have become one flesh, and now you create a new entity, a new family unit. And I tell my children, hey, you are always welcome to walk into our house anytime you want, uninvited. But I will never walk into your house uninvited as your parent. You have to invite me in. This will always be your home. But that is your home, and I will respect the boundaries of it. Fourth question. Is it okay to create space in order to have a better relationship with my parents? Absolutely. You know, sometimes it's necessary, especially in adulthood, that you have to just say, you know what, I really respect you and I honor you and I appreciate that insight you gave me growing up. Now I'm going to listen and then I'm going to move on and make a decision based on how to raise my children, how to manage my life, where to go to church, what, where I'm going to do in life, my vocation, and everything else. That's a healthy boundary. An unhealthy boundary and one that would dishonor would say, look, I'm sick and tired of you talking to me and telling me that, and I don't want anything to do with my life, and I'm never talking to you again. That's not honoring. Honoring is setting a boundary, respecting, being strong, and standing on your own two feet before God and man. Let's get into this a little bit. What's the pattern? The pattern for honor. You know why God is so big on this thing about honoring your father and mother? Because if you learn how to do that, you learn how to honor God. Do you know in many ways the way that you treat God is the way that you've treated and related to your parents? Because that's what you model. That's what you learn. I kind of grew up with my dad, you know, an army colonel and, and uh, from Dutch background, so it wasn't like he was the guy filled with the most mercy in town. And in some ways, my view of God is a little like an army colonel. And I have, to, I, have to, I have to learn how to kind of renew my mind and kind of transform that view of what God is like to what the Bible says. So the only way I'm going to know about how to honor God and what God is like is to know his word. So when I see at times where God seems to be like a, an army colonel, but at other times he's like a nursing mother. At other times, he's like a caring shepherd. And I have to understand something about this God that I serve through the scriptures that I read. Listen to what it says in uh, 1 Timothy 1.17. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, listen, be honor and glory forever and ever. I just learned something about my heavenly Father, that I can relate to on an earthly level. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. My Father didn't have any of those qualities in perfection, but he had some of those. And I look at my own life and I say, how can I be, how can I give eternity to my children? How can I talk about life after death to my children? How can I under help them to understand this God who is invisible, to this visible Father that is here on planet Earth, to the only wise God, how can I be wise? Why, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, Proverbs 1 says. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. 
How can I be that? In John chapter 5 and verse 23, it says this, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honors not the Son honors not the Father who has sent him. It is honor that I am to give Jesus. It is honor that I am to give the Father. Proverbs 3 and verse 9. Honor, honor the Lord with your possessions. And with the first fruits of all of your increase, honor, honor. God, I honor you. I worship you. I reverence you, God. Honor God. You see, honor is foundational for society, is it not? Listen to what it says, uh, these words that the, the founding fathers embraced as they, as they put together these documents that really form the framework for our nation. The founding fathers, guess what they embraced? The Ten Commandments in both the legal and in the public arenas. In fact, they viewed the Ten Commandments and, and moral laws in Scripture as an indispensable part of public policy and good government. Do you know that 12 out of the 13 original colonies used the Ten Commandments as their guide of morality? That doesn't sound like they were confused on church and state to me. They were fully aware how they got there in the first place and who was foundational to their future. It was God himself. James Wilson, the U.S. Supreme Court Justice, signer of the Declaration and framer of the Constitution, contended, and I quote, Human law must rest its authority ultimately upon the authority of that law which is divine. Divine. Far from being rivals or enemies, religion and law are twin sisters, friends and mutual assistants. That's pretty clear. Gratitude. Gratitude is a part of honor, is it not? There's something inside of us. It's emotion dimension. Maybe some of you have been reading the book, Who Switched Off My Brain? Maybe your brain just got switched off without reading the book. But Carolyn Leaf, who we're going to invite, by the way, to come and speak to us here at Influence Church, says there are only two emotions, love and fear. All other emotions are variations of these. Now think about this for a minute. This is really powerful. Love. Out of love comes joy, trust, caring, peace, contentment, patience, etc. But what comes out of fear? Anger, bitterness, hatred, guilt, shame, depression. When you start to embrace love, the good things come out. When you start to embrace this other dimension of anger, guess what comes out? And there's all these variations of anger. And you can't, you can't be attracted to this God who's a God of love. When they asked Jesus, what's the first and great commandment? He said, it's really simple, guys. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. He summed it all up in one word, did he not? Just love. Just love. She goes on to say that your emotions bring your whole body, listen to this, into a single purpose. Your emotions bring your whole body into a single purpose. 
That's what's always so ironic when, when people say, well, you know, I, I don't really think we should get very emotional about our religion. Really? You, you can just die emotionally and love God? Try that with your wife or your girlfriend. I really love you, but I'm not emotional. You think that's going to go very, very, try loving God with no emotion. People say, well, I'm not emotional. Oh, yes, you are. I've seen you at an angel's game. God is emotional. You're emotional. Sometimes we just think, well, what is somebody going to think if I get emotional? They'll think you got emotional. They really aren't, you know, one guy told me one time, I'm kind of afraid what people are thinking about me. And the guy looked at me and goes, what makes you think anybody's even thinking about you? Like, Touche. Good point. We get so caught up in what people think, we forget to think about what does God think? What is God excited about? Do you realize every time God got singers and praisers and all those people, he got them out front in front of the army. He got them, he, they were always loud. When you get to Revelation, it's always loud singers. Why? Why didn't he go, you need to be reverent. Have a nice pipe organ. That ain't in heaven. If you like that stuff, you're going to the wrong place. They got the quiet stuff down below. I'll get in trouble for that one, won't I? <laughs> well, it won't be the first time. All right, let's go on. What happens is, if you have the wrong thoughts, she calls them toxic thoughts. Get in your mind. That's why we have to renew our mind. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Renew your mind. Because toxic thoughts, guess what they do? They create toxic emotions that then produce toxic bodies, physical bodies. And it affects all of us. Let me show you the command. The command, why it's from God. I don't know if you watched a few months back the debate over the Ten Commandments at Narrows High School in Virginia. The ACLU had filed a lawsuit on behalf of a student who remained anonymous at the time. The judge there, who decided he was going to come up with a great, wonderful plan for solving the issue, Judge, uh, uh, judge uh, Urbanski said, Let's just remove the first four. Now, if you think about it, the first four all have to do with God. So we're going to go with the six commandments in Virginia, and that'll solve the problem. A Russian novelist stated it this way, if God does not exist, everything is permitted. If you have no foundation in your life, what difference does it make anyway? If you don't believe in God, then don't believe to honor your mother and father. It doesn't even make sense. Also, the command of God is not optional. Listen to what it says. I love this in 1 John 5, verses 1 and 2. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him, who also begot, loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God, ready for this, and keep his commandments. How do I know I love God? I keep his commandments. Hey, guess what? There's 613 identified in the Old Testament alone. Get started. Right? He goes on to say in verse 3, for this is the love of God that we, here he says it again, keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. Do you get the idea God was trying to make a point? 
You ever have your mom or your dad tell you something three times in a row and you, yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it. That's what the father's doing here. He's saying, you didn't get it the first time, can I tell it to you again? Oh, you didn't get it the second time, can I tell you to it again? Get the third time, oh, here it is again. I got it, God, enough. You tune God out. And then he says, but for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You keep my commandments, you can overcome the world instead of being overcome by the world. And this is the victory who has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? I'll show you something else, the promise. The promise is based on the character of God. The promise is based on the character of God. I hear people all the time say, I, you know, I believe in God, but I don't really believe all the Bible. Now, I'm sorry, if that's your comment, it's like the dumbest comment I've ever heard in my life. It is either the word of God or it is not the word of God. It is either true or it is not true. It is either all true or not true. God said something, and that is based, and, and what he has said is based on the character and the nature of Almighty God. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. The grass fades, the, the, the flower fades, but the word of God abides forever. God said, thy word, I have put my word even above my name exalted his word even above his name because if the word is not solid, what do you have to go from? Here's the promise. It lengthens life. And I know I've had, had people say this to me. Well, you know, I, I don't really believe that. I go, why? Well, because I knew this guy, he really honored his father and mother and they died young. Yeah, your point is what? Well, it didn't lengthen life. How do you know? Maybe their life expectancy was was 20 and they honored God and father and mother and maybe their, their life expectancy was extended to 22. See, I don't understand the mysteries of God, but I believe the word of God. If I believe the word of God, then I can move forward because I believe in the character and the nature of God. Listen to what it says in Ephesians chapter one, verse three, uh, one through three. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Now every child hates that. Every child hates that verse because the parents typically don't use it properly. They use it as a whip or a tool to control. Notice what it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Make sure, parent, you're in the Lord. Make sure you're walking and living out your life as Jesus would have you live your life. And then it says this, honor your father and mother. There it is again, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Not only does it give you long life, it sweetens life. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. That's pretty straight. It also pleases God. Colossians 3.20, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. It builds confidence. Do you know that you have, you will never be more confident than when you're in right relationship with your Heavenly Father? Because you know what? You know whatever happens in life, ups and downs, twists and turns. You're just confident. You know why? Because you say, you know what? I'm confident because God, God himself, is being honored in my life. 
If God is not being honored in your life, and you're not honoring God, you have every reason to lack confidence. Because that means the ebb of, and flow of your faith is down here, and you're going, well, I'm not really sure what God thinks of me, but you know, I'm going to do the best I can, and hopefully it'll all work out at the end. Why live your life like that? Why live your life like that? Our faith and our honoring of God. And guess what? The same thing's true if you don't honor your father and mother. Your confidence will be down. You're afraid to talk to your parents. And I'm talking about sane parents here. All right? And every parent goes through a moment of insanity. Amen? I certainly did. My children certainly will. And it's the prayer of every parent. What? Give them children worse than mine. <laughs> Who has not prayed that? I love it when I see my grandkids act up a little bit. I'm going, yeah. <laughs> and now as a grandparent, it is my job to spoil them and send them home and get them ready to tear something up. You know, you can even honor your parents after they're gone. If your parents are gone like mine are and Tammy's dad is gone, we can honor them by their memory when we speak well of them, when we reflect on the qualities that they poured into our life. And we emulate that and we model that and we teach that to our children, to our children's children. There is a legacy of honor that can go on even after a person is, has passed on from this life. And we should do that. And I think encompassed in that is that promise that even then, as we honor even the parents that have gone on before us, God extends our life. He sweetens our life and he lengthens our life. Honor your father and mother. Let me give you some life applications. Here's the first one. Honor will always reap honor. You honor someone, they'll honor you back. You say, I tried that. It didn't work. Keep trying it. Keep honoring, keep honoring, keep honoring, keep honoring, keep honoring, keep loving, keep loving, keep loving. Have you ever noticed how when you honor someone, how their very face changes? The countenance of their faith changes? You just look up to them and you say, you know what, man, you have, I can't believe all you do. That is such a wonderful thing you do. And you just see their, their face change. You know why? Because the emotion has kicked in of love. And the toxicity is going away of how they view themselves because they, really? I was leaving uh, Vancouver. I looked over at the pastor. I said, I am so proud of what you've done here in Vancouver. This is awesome. I mean, this church is just a testimony, and both of them just, it just overwhelmed them. You could just see it in their face. Thank you, they said. Thank you so much. That means so much. Because I know what they've been through. They were seven years in a hotel. They called it the seven years of tribulation. I hoped it wasn't a prophetic word he had. We're going to be seven years in the El Rancho school here. <laughs> By the way, I do have a report. We had our men's Bible study uh, last time, and we have it outside in a big driveway. We had 84 men there. We hope some of you will come. Uh, you're invited. Just give some details. We'll tell you about it. But, um, but up on the hill, as we were closing the Bible study, just as the sun was going down, guess what we heard? The lonesome cry of a coyote.
Somebody said, that's a dog. He said, it's not a dog, it's a coyote. Don't be insulting our coyotes. <laughs> For those of you who are new and don't know what we're talking about here, the mascot of this school is the coyote. And so we honor the coyote here. <laughs> Second life app. Life is a gift from God. Enjoy each day. You don't got any promise of tomorrow. Enjoy today. When somebody's soured up, mean, just look at them and go, enjoy the day or leave me alone. <laughs> Amen? I mean, if they've been baptized in pickle juice, leave them alone. <laughs> they ain't fit to be around. I often thought it would be a great idea just to get everybody that's just soured up one day and say, well, look, all of you form a community group. You go over there and meet. Just, we don't even want to report. You know, we know that the strongest one, the sourest one, the meanest one will come out the leader, so we're not even going to assign a leader. We don't even need a curriculum. Just get at it. And don't invite anybody into it, please. Life is a gift. Life is a gift from God. Enjoy each day. And let God bless you in all that you do. Let's stand together as we pray. Father, as we, as we lift our hearts before you now in prayer, we ask you, God, to speak to us with great clarity and with great power. We ask you, Father, to touch our heart. Make us to be the men and women of God that you've called us to be, that you want us to be. God, you have formed this body of believers for a purpose, a divine purpose. God, we are a, a spiritual entity, the bride of Jesus Christ. We are, we are linked together in ways we don't even understand. But God, we want to sing your praises. We want to do your will. We want to keep your commandments. May the words of our mouth, may they be acceptable to you. May we guard our heart, guard our lives, and give you the glory and the praise in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.